Playing the 60s, 70s, 80s of rock and roll. Dirty Radio Classics. Coming up next, it's this, that, and the other. This, that, and the other. He is the only man to ever ace a Rorschach test. Every time he goes for a swim, dolphins appear. Alien abductors have asked him to probe them. If he were to give you directions, you'd never get lost, and you'd arrive at least five minutes early. His legend precedes him the way lightning precedes thunder. He is... Troy Patrick Farrell. The most interesting man in the world. Start the party. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Welcome to this, that, and the other with your host, a true rock god. Come on, man. Troy Patrick Farrell. Now get ready, cause here comes the host. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Troy Patrick Farrell. Uh, yeah, a little bit uh, of a different uh, intro, and we are here early today, live 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. You are tuned in and turned up to this, that, and the other radio show here at DirtyRadio.fm, Channel 2, Dirty Radio Classics. And uh, hey, it's TPF, Troy Patrick Farrell here, and that music right there means we got a guest. Now, normally we do our guest in hour two, but uh, if you pay attention to the post on the socials and uh, DrummerTroy.com, and all the fun stuff, this, that, and the other radio show on Facebook, you would know that we have our guest, Andrew Freeman. Now, who's Andrew Freeman, you say? Hey, Alexa, who's Andrew Freeman? Andrew Freeman is an American rock singer and guitarist who has played for a number of bands, most notably punk rock group The Offspring mm-hmm. and rock guitarist George Lynch's Lynch Mob. Mm-hmm. Freeman is currently the frontman for the hard rock supergroup Last in Line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's who we are talking to today. Andrew Freeman, Alexa knows you. You're famous. <laughs> so, uh, hey, we, let's get him on the phone. Last in Line vocalist. Now, if you know, Last in Line is former Dio members. And uh, we, uh, we lost Jimmy Bain some years back. Uh, I want to say back in 2016. And uh, he has since been... Uh, his big shoes have been filled by Phil Susan and uh, Andrew Freeman. I believe he's local here to Vegas, although I think he avoids me. But let's give him a call, the phrase that pays, and see if we can get him on the phone. Rumor is he will answer the phone call. Let's see what happens here. Andrew Freeman, Last in Line singer, brand new album coming out at the end of this month, and a local Vegas gig, which we will talk about April 1st. Here in Las Vegas. And uh, let's see if we can get that going. Oh, oh, oh. We have, oh, it's ringing, folks. I'm nervous. I haven't done this in two weeks. First live show in two weeks. Do we have Mr. Hello? Andrew Freeman, Last in Line vocalist? Hey, buddy, how you doing? Good, how are you, man? I am uh, not doing bad for the shape I'm in. Welcome to This, That, and the Other Radio <laughs> Show. We are live here, uh, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time here at DirtyRadio.fm, Channel 2, Dirty Radio Classics. How you doing, my brother? Doing good, man. Doing great. 
Awesome, awesome. You guys have a bunch of cool stuff going on. We're, we're going to hit the, the rewind button a little bit just to kind of get into your history uh, for our listeners that are not as familiar with you as uh, some of your fans uh, from all the various bands that you've been in. But uh, don't worry, we're not going to go back to diapers or anything like that. But uh, a couple of things <laughs> I want to I revisit with, uh, with your past because you've, you've played with a lot of, uh, a lot of different bands with, uh, you know, although mostly hard rock, some different styles. You've even stepped in on guitar and and, and that was actually a talent that I didn't know how proficient you were at so we're going to hit all that stuff but uh, I want to bookend it with last in line because what's happening right now is you guys are ramping up you're about two weeks three weeks away from your third release called Jericho and then you're going to back to back that with a live show uh, here in Las Vegas on the strip so uh, I want to uh, just talk about this release initially you guys have put out two singles we have spun them here on this that and the other radio show and uh, so tell me a little bit about this third album uh, this is the first release in how many years for the band uh, it's been four years our last one came out in 2019 and uh you know we got slowed down uh like everybody else did with the pandemic so sure uh, um it took a little longer because uh, we we you know uh not because i want to do it it's uh the they like to write as uh as a unit in a, in a room together rather than do it you know um, remotely so uh it got to be uh it was hard to do that over you know over the the break we'll call it the the grand break um uh, so yeah, so we just, we, uh, we had to wait a couple years. We had half of it done in, uh, the beginning of 2021, um, or 2020, I mean, uh, and we just ended up finishing it up, uh, at the end of the last, uh, at the end of last year, I think the middle of last year, I guess it would be yeah, around June or so of last year. You guys made a, uh, a label change from what I understand. You guys initially were on frontiers and, and now you are going to be with, uh, ear music. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, we gotcha. left Frontiers. Yeah, recently. Yeah. Yeah. What what uh, what prompted the change there? Um, you know, I, I don't really know. Uh, th- that was a that was a uh, a Vivian decision. Um, they decided to change some of the terms of the contract and wanted it to go retroactive uh, to um, the beginning of our deal, and uh, we weren't okay with that. So we just decided to we just parted ways with them. Um, still good relationship and all that with them, but just uh, moving forward, trying to go uh, try something new. We have a whole new team around us. We have new, uh, you know, new label, new management, and uh, you know, hopefully the future's going to be a little better. Yeah. Right on. Tell me about the record release party that you guys are going to throw here in town on the 1st on the Strip at the Hard Rock Live, which is inside the Hard Rock Cafe on the Strip, and uh, that's hosted by your friend and mine, uh, Mr. Eddie Trunk from SiriusXM. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, so April first, we're going to be doing this release party. I, I'm trying to try to promote it like a like all the bigger bands do their residencies, you know, like a come out to Vegas destination sort of a show. Um, because we're not going to be doing much touring in, in April. Uh, we're not going to do much touring this year. We, we're going out in April and in uh, September. Uh, so I think there's maybe about uh, at the moment maybe four shows in uh, April, and Vegas is one of them. So if you want to. If you want to see the band and, and, uh, and have a cool vacation in the process, come out and check us out. 
Yeah, Vegas is definitely a place you can uh, get your feet wet in and, and, and all sorts of good stuff. Uh, you can find out all the details there at lastinlineofficial.com and then, of course, andrewfreemanmusic.com. And uh, we will, again, repeat all that good information for you. So, you know, you talk about uh, touring and, and uh, not a lot of touring. So right now, uh, your, your guitar player and bandmate is out with Def Leppard and Motley Crue from uh, what I understand somewhere in South America and yep, making uh, millions yep, right, making millions. <laughs> right? Yep. Um, what is the uh, how, how do you guys find the, the balance in that and what do you find yourself doing because I know that you do some other stuff some voiceover stuff and things like that um, how do you balance the time that you don't have in last in line when Viv's out doing his uh, you know the Def Leppard thing Oh, I, I gig a lot. You know, I, I have a studio in my house. I do, I, I work out of as well. Um, so, you know, and, and of course living in Vegas, it's not hard to find work here to uh, play music. So I, I do that on the, on the regular. Um, but we, you know, last year I didn't really, we didn't work that much either. So, um, so you just find, you got to find a way, you know, with a gig like this and you're, you're basically a side band to, a, you know, a, a mega, you know, mega rock band. Uh, you got to really have other streams of income and other ways to uh, to make life work because waiting around for for that to happen is is uh, can be a frustrating one if you're depending on it as a you know a main gig main source of income or a main a you know a main outlet for your creative you know for a creative outlet you know yeah was, was that ever a concern when uh, and and I kind of want to get into how you guys decided to put this together and how your involvement became to be but uh, you know it's one of those things where he's been in uh, Def Leppard for many years now and uh, but you know you want to put this together and uh, do you I mean you kind of know it going in that there's going to be you know well yeah we're going to have a lot of time off when uh, he's out doing Def Leppard um has has the sentiment changed about that? Because one thing I noticed about this band is, you know, while you said it's a side band, and and I get, you know, the dynamics of that, uh, based on how you guys do things, it does not feel like a side band to me. It feels like it's it's really evolving into a real band, starting off doing, you know, sort of uh, the tribute to their uh, contributions to the Dio legacy. And then now really morphing into a real band with, with, you know, three albums now and, uh, it, and, you know, a full, you know, there's media exposure. You guys are doing a lot of videos and all sorts of good stuff. So, uh, I guess the question is, while it doesn't feel like a side band to me, do you guys, do you have any, um, angst about it with kind of going, gosh, we have so much momentum when we're doing something, but we have to put it on pause so often. Do you? Do you guys uh, deal with that okay, or how do you feel about that? I mean, yeah, it's it's that's frustrating, you know, but it, it's just the nature of the beast. I mean, we you go, I think you know as well when you're when you play with guys like these and you know attach yourselves to their uh, to their notoriety and their fame, you know, you're just a kind of a pawn in their little in their you know their master plan. Uh, so, you know, I, I know it's a serious project for me, uh, for myself, Vinny, and Phil. Um, and I'm, I know, I know, uh, Vivian loves to do it, but you know, he's not going to, he's not going to stop what he's doing for this. And, and, uh, so we have to either, you have to either make the decision that you're going to, um, be okay with that. You know, uh, you're either going to do it or you're not going to do it. You know, it's black and white, you know, you, you can't, uh, uh, in order for us to, to be successful and make it a real thing, you know, it, it's gotta be, there's gotta be that sort of, um, uh, commitment to it, you know, so, um, and I know he's, I know Vivian's committed to it in a sense, uh, but he's, you know, if we've had, you know, many gigs canceled, 
uh, because of their schedule, you know, because uh, he doesn't even know the schedule half the time. So he, he gets it at the last minute. So we, um, you know, it, it does affect us. And yeah, it is frustrating, but you, you know, that's why I go and I do other stuff. You know, it's not, uh, um, it's a great uh, creative outlet. And I look at it as, you know, I have these three great musicians and, and actually four, if you want to count, if you count Jimmy Bain for the first album. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, to create music with. So, uh, you know, I, I am usually available for it. You know, I've had conflicts where I couldn't do stuff because I had do gigs with them because I had other things going on as well. So, and that might rear its head even more in the future. You know, we we're into this for 10 years now. So, um, uh, so, you know, it, it is what it is, you know, it, we'll, we'll work when we can work. And, and if we can't work, then we can't work, you know, but it, it is, it is a sad project. It is a serious project that has the potential to be something else. You know, it's, it's basically going to exist until Viv decides he doesn't want to do it anymore. Sure. Know? So, um, and when he decides he doesn't want to do it anymore, then it's pretty much done. So, yeah, yeah, no, no, understood. Uh, I mean, obviously yeah. that, that history and the, and the premise of the band is, you know, sort of the foundation of why it started, but I see it really developing from not being so much of a tribute to the Dio music that those guys participated in, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, now this full fledged thing with, uh, you know, with the, with the great marketing package behind it and great songs. I, I dig the songs and, uh, uh, well, I'll say uh, before we go, into, I, yeah. I will say that it was never a tribute. It was never a tribute. It's never been a tribute to the memory of anybody. It nope. was just, it was a band that got together that used to play together and they, and we decided to write, and then we got an offer for a record deal and we decided to write some songs. It was basically never supposed to go, supposed to go past some rehearsals in a couple of LA shows. And then it decided to, and then it morphed into this original project and we just still, we've been feeling our way ever since, you know, so, um, to this day, we're still feeling our way. You know, we're you know we have, uh, had a show that just got canceled today. So <laughs> you know what I mean? So, oh, because man. there's because they couldn't put anything around it. So it's just it's it's a total flexible situation. And, and as a working musician, I think you know it's that you just have to you know roll with the punches with that. You know? Yeah, so, yeah. The, but the but the but the tribute thing is just it was never a tribute. I mean, those you know the, those guys never really you know the two of them never really got along so it's and, and they wanted to they wanted to go out and play their music and play the music that they wrote and and it just everything's dubbed a tribute now you know, everything's a tribute to something you know and we're, we weren't really a tribute to anything we just went out and started playing their back catalog just like i played the back catalog of great white firehouse you know offspring you know you name it so yeah, um, just yeah, like yeah. Guns, just like those three guys in Guns N' Roses, the three original guys in Guns N' Roses are out doing their tribute, you know. To Guns N' Roses. <laughs> yeah, no, you I know? hear you. You know, you forgive me, <laughs> forgive me if I misspoke. But what I meant was, you know, not necessarily a tribute to Ronnie James Dio, but a, a you know, an ode to the songs that they had a part of because they had right. a part of those songs, and right. then they had to get a singer that could deliver those songs. And you know, if I'm if I'm wrong, correct me, but. Uh, you know, initially it was it was primarily tapping in from those albums that they participated in, and and you know, obviously since morphed into now an all original project. And, the, and yeah, it's becoming an all original thing. Yeah, it, that's basically what it was. You know, they just again they just it came together as them wanting to jam and and uh, play some of their old songs. You know, and and a lot of times there's songs that they don't want to play. Like they we don't play anything off of the third record because none of them. You know, neither of those guys like doing it, you know, and Jimmy included, they, the three of them didn't like doing it from the beginning. So they, you know, we did like King of Rock and Roll for a hot minute. And, and, uh, I think I can't, there was one more song in there that I don't remember, but that was it. That's all we ever played off of Sacred Heart. Everything was coming off of the first two albums. And I would suggest a song and it would like, no, that was, that was Ronnie's song. 
I'm like, oh, okay. So we wouldn't do that. We wouldn't do certain certain ones, you know, because they just didn't want to do them, you know. Yeah, well, so. I I dig for the fact that you guys have you know, become your own band. And, and while, Thanks, man. Thanks. you know, I hear the, the magic of, uh, you know, you know, I, I can hear, listen, when, when Vinny's back there on the tubs, no matter what he's playing, it's, it's the guy, you know what I mean? Right, and, and, right. and so while it has a familiar sound, which, which I get, it's the, it's the guys, you know, um, yeah. I feel like it's, it's a new thing and it's, it's a, it's a viable thing. And, you know, labels there, you know, there's a lot of labels out there that are putting out these, uh, you know, uh, you get, this guy from that band, the other two guys from the other three bands, and you put them together and it's a project and then it doesn't do anything right. other than release a couple videos and you can order it online. This has become a full band where you guys are hopping on planes, getting in vans, having shows booked, having shows canceled. And, and you know, so I, I commend you on, on you guys doing that despite the sacrifices you have to make due to the fact that you've got a, uh, you know, one of the guys in the band that has, uh, you know, an A-list gig that takes them away for a big portion sure. of the year, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, I appreciate I, that, man. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Andrew Freeman is my guest here on This, That, and the Other Radio Show, and if you're not familiar with him from Last in Line, you're going to be by the time you get to the end of the show, but this is not <laughs> his only gig, and and I kind of see you and take this as a compliment as uh, kind of a utility singer. You've done some fill-in stuff for bands like Great White, uh, you know, Firehouse when CJ, uh, you know, was sick, and... Um, you guys, uh, you you got together with the old Bullet Boys guys and and had played in those bands uh, with with Mick and Lonnie and uh, Jimmy. Um, when you approach those going in, knowing that you're filling in for somebody, what what's the mindset that you have? Kind of knowing that, hey, I'm I'm just here to fill this missing space. Does uh, d- does that bother you? Because I, I I see obviously you're contributing to the last in line thing, and I feel like that would be a you know, something that feels really good for you to do versus going in there and singing, you know, the lines of somebody else. But at the end of the day, you're, you're a singer and you sing. How do you yeah. deal with that dynamic of going in there and, and filling in somebody's shoes? And you've filled some shoes quite a bit over the last couple of years. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't really think of it anymore as a, as a shoe filling thing. I think with the, with the Dio thing, you know, I, I guess I'm a good imitator. You know, I can imitate stuff and make it sound like it's supposed to, but also, you know, put my own spin on it. So, uh, I don't, I don't know if, um, uh, I go in and go, Oh man, I have to do certain things. I just want the audience to be able to enjoy it and, and maybe not, I don't want to say not miss the, the original guy or not miss the, but not feel like they're, feel like they're getting something else that's just as good or, you know, um, better or, you know, comparable, you know? So I, I, um, you know, I don't want to go out there and start, you know, copping moves and, you know, wearing uh, these frilly outfits that, you know, like Ronnie wore and, and uh, I'm, I'm not, that's not me. I, I don't want to do that. And I think that comes off fake when I see other people do that. I, I also, you know, I don't, I never, when I did the CJ gig for CJ, you know, I, I don't, he was not super happy about it. And, and I, and I understand completely. Um, you know, I just went in and did it as me. You know, I went in and sang the songs best I could, and I, I like Firehouse. You know, that they're a great band, and and I, I just sang the songs aggressively. I think a little more aggressively than CJ did, and and uh, um, not I'm not saying that it was better or whatever because he's the original, so that's always going to be what it is. But I, I just did it my way. You know, same thing, with Great White. I went in and did it the way I did it. You know, I, I liked. There's a certain element to it, and I find that element, and I. I, uh, you know, kind of exploit that, you know, with, with Great White, they were like a blues band. And to me, I was never a big fan of Great White. So when I went in there, there was a couple of songs that I liked. 
I love their first album, you know, uh, but I wasn't a fan of certain elements of that, you know, and, and I went, so when I went in there, I went in as the, you know, like a, a blues guy, like, you know, there's a lot of those songs are very bluesy and they have a very hard blues element to them. Sure. And, um, uh, so I wanted to bring out that blues element to it. So I kind of approached it as a, you know, a humble pie kind of where they were influenced from humble pie or Led Zeppelin instead of coming in like, you know, uh, I, you know, you know, a student of Jack White or, or, or Jack Russell, I mean, sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or a student of, you know, uh, Stephen Piercy or a student of 80s singers, you know, I want to come in as a student of what, what inspired that music, you know, uh, and that's, that's kind of where I go through it. And same thing with like the Ronnie, with Ronnie stuff, you know, Ronnie's a blues, was a blues singer, you know, and, and, uh, I know he's the metal God and, you know, the, the God of metal and, and all that, but, uh, I, I always saw him as a, a blues singer. When I really dug into what he did, you know, with like Rainbow and, um, you know, like songs like The Shed and, uh, you know, some of the stuff in the early Rainbow stuff, that's like super blues, you know, but it had this kind of classical vibe to it as well with Blackmore. So, but it was always this like heavy, heavy blues vibe to it. So I was just always approached him as a blues singer. And, and where did that come from? Where did that influence come from? You know, um, I, I I love all the '80s, you know, rock stuff, and I, and I love you know that era of music. But I and there's stuff that I pull from that. Where I pull from is guys like who are throwback more to the past, like Ray Gillen, or you know, like uh, Oni Logan sang. You know, sure. like those guys are like real deep, you know, in their blood blues singers. And I'm not, you know, I, I you know I grew up in the suburbs of New York. You know, <laughs> where, you know, there wasn't really much of that going on. It was, it was very, you know, white bread, you know? So, um, so to get that, to try to cop that vibe or it's not a natural, it's a, to make it a natural thing, it takes work, you know? So, but I always gravitated towards that type of stuff. So I yeah. guess that, if that answers your question. Yeah, no, for sure. And there's a couple of things you said I want to touch on. So you had mentioned, yes. uh, you know, for example, going in there and doing a couple of firehouse gigs and that CJ may have not been the happiest that they didn't reschedule those shows and they brought somebody in to do that. Uh, as yeah. somebody that has gone in there and subbed or, you know, replaced somebody, whether long-term or temporarily, do you run into the, you know, the Jack Russells of the world and the CJs and, you know, the Mark Torians and, and, you know, get a weird vibe or what, what's kind of the vibe out there when you're out there just doing, doing your thing, trying to help somebody out or, or help yourself out as a, as a singer? You know, I, I don't really put myself in a position to get the weird vibe. You know, I, if I see somebody in a room and I feel like it's going to get weird, I confront it immediately. Like to the point where I, you know, I'm like, I don't want to come off like I'm some fucking tough guy, but I just, I don't take shit from people. Like I, and I, anybody that's played with me will tell you, that I just, I don't take shit from people. So if somebody's got a problem with me doing something, you know, I'll confront it first. And I, I actually, I've met Mark Tureen a few times and, and, uh, and, you know, we did a gig together. You know, we, or we did, uh, what did we do? This gig in Key West uh, last year. And, uh, he came over to the jam, you know, he's his guitar player, Ira now is, you know, a good friend of mine from way back. And, and, uh, he came over to the jam and I was just walked up to him. I said, Hey man, I said, you and I should be friends like straight up. Yeah. Like I don't, you know, like this is all nonsense. Like I, everybody's out just trying to make money and, and, and trying to, you know, trying to stay off the construction site. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> everybody's exactly. just trying to, everybody, let's not, you know, let's not, you know, sugarcoat it. Everybody's just trying to stay out of getting a real job. You know, so, and, and, and this is, this resurgence of this music is, has been a really, 
it's been a blessing to a lot of people. So if I can accommodate some friends, like, uh, you know, and I, the reason I got involved in the whole, you know, lies, deceit and treachery thing was because of Jimmy DeAnda, who I've been friends with for years, you know, and, uh, and he's been, you know, he's still my friend, you know, and I was still, you know, I'd probably go do it again with him if he wanted to do it somewhere. And the reason we started first time we did, it was at his 40th birthday party in, in LA at, uh, uh, what was that place called in the Valley? Paladinos. Oh Paladino's? yeah. Paladinos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we went out and we did a whole bullet voice. That was him and I and Jeff Duncan and, and, uh, uh, uh Kevin from, from the band lit. lit and, yeah. And yeah, we did a whole set. It was a lot of fun. So from that point on, you know, we, it's like, cool. Like I, I, I get it though, because I, you know, I've been in that position where I've been, you know, fired or, or, you know, let go or, you know, and I don't have good relationships with certain people that I played with before and they get somebody else. And, and, uh, and so I get it, you know, but again, it's, it's not, you know, this is not, uh, we're not saving people's lives lives. I mean, maybe we are in a sense mentally, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, cause people will say, Oh, this saved my life, whatever, blah, blah, blah. but we're not, I think when you take yourself too seriously, you just, you, you you're going to end up blowing up, you know, you're going to, your head's going to just, you're going to lose your marbles in a sense, you know, have there been any bands that, uh, that have approached you to, to, you know, fill in and outside of any, uh, scheduling conflicts that you've, that you've turned down. And, uh, the second part of that question is, is there any band that you'd, you'd be like, Hey, if I had the time of day and the situation was right, I'd, I'd like to sing for that band. And I think I could do well. So first part is uh, yeah. anybody go, Hey, Andrew, we need you. And you're like, yeah, I can't. And then uh, who would you like to, who'd be like a dream band to go on and sing with? Uh, I don't know if there's been any that I've said. I, uh, I've actually, Great White was one of us that I can't at one point. <laughs> that was one. Um, who else? Uh, I got called by somebody, I got called by Anthrax's manager years ago. Huh. And, uh, but it was, but that didn't work out. So I didn't say no to that. Um, but uh, my friend Bobby Hamill, who's uh, the guitar player in Biohazard, um, old New York friend, he called me up. He's like, Hey, these guys just need somebody to do their sonosphere show over in, I think it was in England at the time. And, and I was like, yeah, sure. I'll do it. And I went as far as, you know, meeting with the manager and whatever. And, and it just, it didn't pan out, but, uh, yeah, I've got called by a couple that I probably can't mention because their singers don't know about it. Oh. <laughs> but, but yeah, I've got, I've got called by things. And, and yeah, a lot but, of times I get, huh? Andrew, I need, I need my headline though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've gotten I've gotten called I've been called by a lot of people that have uh wanted to scare their singers back into the band. I'll say that. Wow, in, in, interesting. Man, it is it is a brutal business, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. And I, and I and I'm getting a little tired of that because so now when the phone call comes I go, I'm only gonna talk to you if this is a real offer because if it's not then I'm not interested, you know. Obviously yeah, obviously it wouldn't be because you know if you're just using me as a thing, don't as a as a threat, then don't call me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's not cool for uh, on any any factor. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, b- back to back to Great White, uh, and, and you know something you said uh, early on was that you wanted to you know get back to that early angst and, and make the band a little bit more tough. And and while you spent less than six months in the band, um, was was the departure from that strictly because? you um had that many scheduling conflicts because you know now you're in the situation where they've got somebody that they need to front their band but yet he's in another band you know so you're kind of running into the sort of a vivian thing ish you know where where they're you're you're setting yourselves up for some conflicts and uh was it always going to be that you know hey we know we're going to have a couple early on but once we get past the early conflicts 
I'm, I'm all in or was it strictly the conflicts that you left the band or became no more a, a longer a part of it or was it was it something else was it just not jiving or feeling good um well i will say well here's the thing troy <laughs> and i think you and i've talked about this you know through text messages like i don't you'll say hey come on and talk about this i'm like i don't want to talk about that i don't want to talk about that i don't want to talk about that well, that, just for the yeah. record, that wasn't me, because otherwise I'd leave it alone. <laughs> I What's promise. That? Oh no, 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 no! Because you'd be like, "Hey, you know, like, whatever." Something I remember there was something in the press with uh, with uh, Liza Seat and Treachery last ah. year when Mark came back and, "Hey, come on and talk about it." And I, you know, I just I don't want to get these bands more pressed from what I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? Because a lot of these guys, and I'm not, you know, talking about anybody specifically. But a lot of these bands that are trying to, you know, keep the lights on and, and, and keep their brand name out there. Um, when I join the band, they get a lot of press because it's connected to Dio. It's connected to Def Leppard. It's connected to Black Sabbath. It's connected sure. to all the guys that I play with. You know, like our band is, you know, our last in line band is is cool in the sense. It's frustrating for me sometimes, but it's cool in the sense that. We don't overplay, you know, we're not oversaturated, you know, we play, we're lucky if, you know, some years we'll do, you know, we've done a, a, a lot of shows, you know, and, and, and we have put records out and they're usually nine times out of 10, you know, rated very well, you know, uh, and um, so I know, I kind of know where I stand as far as where I am in the public eye, I guess, in the, in the, in the small public eye that we exist in. So when I start talking about these, you know, huge bands from back in the day, you know, uh, about what happened with me and them, it just brings more press to them. Like, you know, the, the Liza Seat and Treachery thing was like, those guys hadn't gotten positive press in 30 years, you know, any sort of, you know, positivity besides, you know, them talking, to, you know, yelling at each other. So then I come into the fold and it's like, oh, this guy who sang with Vivian Campbell is now their singer, blah, blah, blah. This is, this is going to be great, blah, blah, blah. You know? uh, so I don't, I, I don't really just want to give them press. I don't want to get them any more press than, they're, than the argument between him and you know, between Jack Russell and, and the other guy. You know what I mean? When they're, you know, is Jack coming back to sing for you guys? Never. Uh, you know, I don't know why they threw me out. Well, you're a drug addict. You know, like I don't, I don't have any, any fucking stake in that fight. You know, I have no, no skin in that game. So for me to go, Oh, this is why they threw me out, man. I was only in a band for four months, five months. So why the fuck does it matter? You know what I mean? Why does it matter? Because they, they're just going to take it and then they're going to, he's going to say something about me and then I'm going to say something about him. And then he's going to see me out and he's like, Hey bro, how's it going? And it's going to be just a, just a fake, fucking thing that i don't really have any interest in you know they they were in a situation where they needed somebody to come in and because they were not happy with their old singer and uh i said i have these dates and i have this band and i'm not you know i i'm not going to quit but i'm sure we can coordinate it and what it came down to was my manager for last in line and their agent for uh great white didn't talk to each other and i did all the work to try to get them to talk to each other to make it work and, uh, but it didn't, it just didn't work out because nobody, nobody wanted to budge. And, uh, I said to them at the beginning of the whole thing that I have these dates and they said, okay, cool. We'll, we'll try to work around them. And then they made a mistake on the booking and 
and they decided to find somebody else. So that, that's, that's how it worked out and good for them because they're probably happier because honestly, I'm not going to, I'll quit a band is to get to your second question. I will, I would leave last in line. I would leave it in a heartbeat. If there was a band like Alice in Chains that came along and needed a singer, there was a band like Soundgarden was reforming and they needed somebody to come in. Sure. I do that. Lincoln park. I'd fucking go do that in a second. You know, anything at that level, I would definitely do in a second. But at the level that great white last in line firehouse, you know, like two flight dates a month, three flight dates a month, it's not sustaining. And if you can't, if you can't put a schedule around that, if you can't put a schedule between two bands, which a lot of people do, like a lot of people do this, you do it all the time. You play with a lot of different bands. You know, my friend Jaron, who plays with Lynch Mob now, he plays in four different bands and it seems to work out for him. There's a lot of guys that do it. I mean, um, uh, Miles Kennedy does it, you know, yeah, Miles yeah. Kennedy, and he's got, he's got two big bands and they have no problem scheduling that stuff because, uh, you know, they have professionals doing it, you know, and people who can go, this is important. You know, we need to, we need to make this work. Those guys decided that they didn't want to make it work and that's where we're at. So, gotcha. No, understood. Um, so, yeah. so it kind of sounds like the sentiment was, you know, scheduling conflicts and, 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 uh, the powers that be well, didn't do their due diligence to, to try and avoid those conflicts. But, uh, yeah. you know, I, but, but I get, I get, I, I get the sense and I'm not going to push you on this, but I, but I, I have to, I have to ask. Otherwise, sure, I'm not doing my man. gig. But uh, yeah, I'm talking of. I'm talking of. I, I get it. But <laughs> but I but I get the sense that the it's not all kumbaya though. Leaving that band, it sounds like it was not like guys. We hey, we tried doing it, but we ran into a lot of scheduling conflicts, and looks like you had somebody sub me out on a gig, which we all knew was going to happen eventually. Well, I'll Andy's tell you about if you were. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you about that. Yeah. I there was a, there was a gig that I had booked and. I gave all the information to everybody when I joined that was back in June and they didn't, uh, somebody didn't write it down. <laughs> uh, I, I spoke to the agent. I spoke to the, uh, band, you know, um, the band representative who, and I thought the band communicated with each other, but you know, <laughs> but they, they, they don't have great communication straight up. Nothing against them personally. They just don't have great communication. So, uh, a, a show got moved to a date that I had, and it was in Vegas, a show that, uh, that I had booked already. So I, you know, they knew, and uh, I, you know, we went through all the rigmarole of that, of trying to uh, figure that out. And, and I uh, called, I personally called 12 singers to cover the show that I were friends of mine. I personally tried to get it covered for yeah. them because, you know, uh, and because basically they screwed up, their agent screwed up. And then I had two weeks, uh, Three weeks? Three weeks. I had three weeks booked in November with Last in Line, and then a week of that. And they also had that, and then they booked a second show on that date, and I said, can't do it. And it's, of course, it was another show I wanted to do. It was right down the street from where my dad lives in Florida. So I was all like, oh, great, you know. But then the Last in Line, a week of the Last in Line tour got canceled, so it was a non-issue. Um, and I kind of figured out that they were going to get rid of me before they knew. And I had, I had actually quit back in September because of the, the first, you know, conflict and somebody got a little mousy with me over, over, uh, over email, got a little nasty over email. And I said, you know what? I don't really need this gig. I said, if you guys, you know, I wish you the best and, uh, why don't you get somebody else? I'll finish up what you have. And 
get somebody else. And then it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, the phone started ringing and, uh, and <laughs> I didn't answer it. It seems like I they didn't. found a way to communicate real quick, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's usually how it works. When right? you tell somebody, when you tell somebody to fuck themselves, you know, they're and and you have value, then they're going to call you. But, you know, at that point they didn't have anybody. And listen, I'm just as replaceable as the next guy. You know, everybody is, you know, uh, then, you know, people say, oh, they're, they're going to be terrible without you, blah, blah, blah. Like, they're, I'm sure they're fine. I don't know who the, even know who the guy is that they got now, but, you know, I didn't think there was really anything wrong with the old guy. You know, he was, Mitch was great. You know, Mitch has got a great, uh, he's got a great persona. He looks great. I remember when he joined the band, I was like, wow, man, this guy's, this is a really good move for them. You yeah, know, because sure. he's, he's got a name, he's known in that community and, and, uh, but, you know, they, uh, they had, that was, that's their deal, you know, so, but. You know, they said, hey, you want to come in and do this, blah, blah, I did it. So I don't even know this guy, you know, that they got, but I, because they found their own sub, because I, I tried to get 12 people, I went through 12 people on a list, and it was like, maybe on two to three weeks notice before the gig, and everybody was, was, uh, was busy, you know? And I mean, I'm talking like Macaulay, Shortino, uh, Todd Kearns, like I went down a list of people to try to get, you know, like a decent guy in there. You know, even cover like good cover singers that I know in town that are just like phenomenal singers. You know, yeah, yeah. And uh, they just they didn't go. They wanted to. Uh, they did it. They found somebody and they used them. So, and then I, you know, how I found out was they wanted me. They wanted me to. Um, and I, we, we had a handshake. Michael Hardy and I had a handshake agreement. It was just like, hey, if this doesn't work for you, just let me know, and we'll just go to some place. No big deal. No harm, no foul. You know, but they got the problem was they got sneaky. Yeah, sneaky about it and they said they uh um what did they do they um they stopped just just weird things like communication stopped you know about things and i said hey you know i, I told them that the gig I, I got canceled and i was able to do the other one and and uh there was really no response and like oh man you know we already booked the plane tickets and the hotel for the other guy i like well, you guys don't really do that until like two weeks out. So, you know, so I, I you know, realized that they don't do that. So I was like, yeah, they got somebody else. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So I was like, yeah, you got somebody else. Cool. But, but they wanted me to fly out to a gig in New York uh, with my son. My son was coming with me. Um, and they wanted to let me go after the show in New York. And I, when I found out about that, I said, I was, this was on a Sunday and the gig was on Friday. I said that, that same week and I said, listen, if you got a guy that's ready to go, put him in there because I'm not going to fly across the country with my kid to get fired in front of my kid. Yeah. And, you know, so, so it was kind of, so it was kind of shitty. And, and I honestly, Troy, I was just going to give you my prepared statement and be done with it. But you know what? Fuck it. Nobody talks about me anyway, so let's have a little fun. <laughs> well, you that's know? right. Nobody's listening to the show except for my mom, you know, so we're good. No, no, you're, they listen to you, but they only listen to me when they say when I say things like the guys in this band are dicks. Then they'll put something then something'll make a you know, a blabbermouth uh, headline. So you know how that works. Yeah. You gotta say something real. Phil's Phil Susan, you know, my band, he has to make some crazy government statement yeah. on his Twitter <laughs> in order for them to say something about him, you know. Right, but, right. But uh, hey, at least we're gonna include the fact that uh the uh, Jericho album comes out March thirty first via ear music. Yes, sir. Right? <laughs> yes, so, sir, exactly. Last in line. So we're gonna include <laughs> that anyway. But uh so, you know, yeah, so that whole thing was like it was a it was just a little sneaky. And it didn't need to be because I had a great relationship with all those guys, you know? And I just was like, okay, 
now I see it. Now I see, like when you play with these guys over the years and you, you know, the, all these different bands and you go, I don't understand why they're not doing this. Like, I don't know about you, but when I moved to LA, there were a lot of guys in LA that were just like from my favorite bands. I'm like, why are these guys out playing shows? You know, why aren't they, you know, trying to put something together? They were on top of the world at one point. Yeah. And then you get into a situation with them and you get into business with them and you realize, oh, that's why. That's why. You know? Yeah, you 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 pull the uh, you pull the sheets up and you see what's yeah. laying in the bed. <laughs> exactly. exactly, man. Exactly. So. Yeah, yeah. It's you know the perception, especially you know going back to when we were kids and stuff of rock stars, and now in today where you know everybody lives in in glass houses and you see everybody's you know warts and all. Uh, it's kind yeah. of it's like oh really that's how it is oh what a bummer yeah. you know the whole right. mystique yeah. of it is so blown away. You know it you can be, yeah. <laughs> you mentioned a few bands that uh, hey if you got the phone call you'd be like yeah i'm down and i noticed those bands are you know kind of grungy and aggressive and uh you know that kind of reminds me of your time you know touring with offspring playing guitar and then i also came across the fact that you you played with uh Corey glover from uh living color what what's your uh, as a guitar player where do you kind of rate yourself as a guitar player are you a good rhythm guitar player you use it to write because i mean you've been out on, on some pretty major tours as a guitar player and and vocalist um and i always i, I see you as a front man and and then realize, hey, you you sit back there and and uh, crank a guitar out in front of some amps on big stages. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess they're, they're a little grungy, more aggressive. I guess that's where I, I, you know, I live a lot. You know, I like the more aggressive stuff, and and you know, I I kind of got into the bands that I play with. You know, I, I'm I'm good at that. You know, and I, I'm comfortable there, but I'm also comfortable in this other space. Um, you know, I, I think I. I was really influenced by that the whole grunge, you know, movement, and uh, and I like a lot of alternative music and a lot of punk rock music, and and uh, and I don't really listen to a lot of you know what I listened to when I was a teenager, you know, which is the Rats, the Bon Jovi's, the Kiss, you know, a lot of that stuff. I still love it, you know, but I don't really listen to it. Um, I like seeing it live. I like performing it live, you know, but it's not my go-to as far as uh, music to listen to. So, so yeah, so bands like you know. I'd love to be in a band like Alice in Chains, you know, and, and do more of an aggressive, grungy, you know, alternative metal, alternative rock sort of a thing, you know, that'd be a lot of fun. So, for sure. And uh, a couple more things, and, and then we'll uh, circle back to Last in Line, and then we will let yeah. you go on your day here. A uh, couple okay. questions about, you know, you mentioned everybody's got, you know, stuff going on. You've got to find your uh, find a lot of, uh, you know, hobbies and other projects to be a part of. Um, I, you know, read that you did some voiceover work. You've done some shows here in town. You currently, do, you know, still do some shows here in town. Um, let's talk about the, the voiceover commercial stuff. Is there, is there anything that you've ever done a voiceover that's been a national or something that we've, we've all heard and didn't know? Um, I did, uh, this is going back. I don't really do it anymore. I did it back in the late nineties. Uh, gotcha. I did uh, some work for Nickelodeon. I was on a, a voice, um, just like small voices on a show called Kablam. I did some stuff on that. It was on for Nickelodeon. Um, just random TV uh, commercials and such. Nothing really to, nothing that really um, made me a ton of money. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no mailbox money. <laughs> no, no, I wish. Did you have a? a what happened was I, I worked at a, I worked at a recording studio, so I, you know, I was always you know we always use in house talent, so you didn't have to uh, pay. Sure. They didn't have to pay <laughs> union talent, you know. Right. Yeah. 
Right on. Did, did you, uh, for the Nickelodeon, was there a character that you were, or would it just be a various, like, secondary character? And, and, and if there is a character that maybe, you know, had a recurring role or that you did often, can, can we hear the character? It's a, it was a secondary character, mostly secondary things, like one-line things. But uh, gotcha. the one that really was of note was uh, I played uh, Zach Hansen from the band Hansen. Oh, okay. I just sang, if you, if you happen to see the show Kablam on Nickelodeon, uh, and he's singing at a, at a school. That's me singing. Oh wow, that's cool! Right on, umba. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, like that. Yeah. yeah. So some of the other shows you've done, you know, you you are an alumni member of uh, Rating the Rock Vault, and and uh, I think you spent about seven of their ten plus years there. Yes, um, sir. Yep. You know, be and, and that's kind of a revolving door of talent because uh, you know people, you know, are from bands, are still actively in bands. Is that how you found your your way out of that? Because you wrote rotated out to go do some other stuff and then just never came back? Uh, well, it's a revolving door. I, I, I don't know if it's a revolving door of talent. It's a, it's a revolving door. I know that. Um, I left uh, because of money. Uh, they, uh, they, I wasn't getting paid, and uh, I asked for it, and uh, I got fired. So, uh, that's the long and short of that. So I, I, don't, I don't think that. I'll be back. Yeah, I don't think I'll be back. Yeah, um, there was some stuff that you know, some financial stuff that I, you know, I probably shouldn't get into. But there, uh, uh, I was uh, I was behind on pay, uh, and I stuck up for somebody in a meeting, and I was gone two weeks later. So. Um, pretty pretty uneventful. <laughs> yeah, God damn, man. It's, uh, again, kids stay in school. Okay, <laughs> find yeah, another exactly. find another craft. Play with your friends but you know for fun. What? But also, but never be afraid to speak up for yourself. No, because, I, I, I love you know? it for sure. I love that yeah. you are speaking up. And uh, and yeah, yeah, you know, when when something's not right, I mean, listen, I packed up a minivan and, and drove from as far east as possible to get back home to leave a tour because the the deal yeah. that was made was not the deal that would, would be had. And I'm like, you know, anybody else asked me what I would do, I would say, get the fuck home. And so what I did was I got the fuck yeah. home, you know. It That's, sucked. It was a long three days, but God damn it, I feel good about it now, you know. Just make sure you, uh, if you're going to get in the music business, make sure you have a credit card with a with a decent balance on it that you can buy buy a plane ticket at any time. Exactly. <laughs> Always keep that reserve, you know. Exactly. Exactly. Don't go on the road unless you have some protection, you know. Yeah. So. Are there any other gigs that you're doing uh, in town when you're off the road with Last in Line or any of your other uh, projects? And when what what are some of those other projects that you're doing? Uh, I'm just doing some uh, some recording stuff right now for some random, you know for higher stuff. Um, we have this thing called long live rock at, uh, Phil Susan and, uh, Paul, Sut- Paul Sertino and I do, it's just corporate shows. Um, not really doing a lot of, um, gigs in town. I've been really just kind of prepping for this album to come out. Uh, I do a lot of the, uh, graphics and uh, most of the graphics, most of the marketing stuff that comes out for, you know, for less in line is me. Uh, I directed, uh, the last do the work video, uh, not because I'm a video director and mostly because we didn't have a budget for a video for that song. So, uh, so yeah, so that, you know, it's just, since we've gotten off the road, um, done a couple corporate gigs with the last, the, the uh, long live rock thing. And then just a lot of, a lot of prep for this album. So, 
Well, you know, there, there's a little bit of a, a joke to this question, but but not really, um, because this has happened in other things. But you know, you mentioned you know in in sort of in in your commentary that you know Vivian's out there making millions. Um, does he ever you know, or would it be like, hey, Viv, Viv, can you can you get us a video guy? You just finished 37 stadiums. You know what I mean? Does that conversation ever come up, or is it just not? not good to mix that where he is pulling from, you know, other revenue streams to put a little bit of dough into this project. Um, I don't think that he's really invested as far as financially in this. Um, uh, because, you know, we get budgets from record labels and, and, uh, we just kind of exist on what we're given. Sure. Uh, it's, it's an, an equal partnership. So, uh, but he definitely, uh, gets the most attention from it. Uh, I'll say that. Uh, so no, I, I, he doesn't really invest in this. Is, I mean, he, you know, when we did the video, I just mentioned the, you know, Def Leppard's video guy videoed him and sent me his, his video. Cause we had to, we were all in different places. So we had to, you know, do something separately. Sure. Know? So, uh, so those resources are helpful and we've been added to, you know, leopard shows, uh, a couple leopard shows over the years. Um, we did download festival with them and we did one in, uh, with Don Felder and, and Leopard up in uh, Sacramento, um, uh, outdoor show. Uh, so, you know, we've done a couple things like that and, you know, we did the, the their cruise. Uh, so there's, there's a little bit of, I guess, would that be nepotism? A little bit of nepotism? Um, <laughs> Hang on, uh, Alexa, what is nepotism? Yeah, I know what nepotism <laughs> is, but I don't know if it applies, if it's the right word to apply to this. <laughs> Alexis, tell me what nepotism is. Everybody who's listening to this, I know we just we just ruined everybody's day. <laughs> um, you know, you had mentioned doing a couple of the def, you know the cruises, and back in in 2016, again, you know, uh, yeah. the Call of Duty came, and and you went up there and filled in for for Joe Elliott. And uh, how, how was that getting up there? Because you know, you know, Viv's your your partner. Your but you know, you're a pro. You've been doing this all your adult life was it were there were there any nerves going up there or just like hey i know this and let's i'm gonna go slay it right now and play these three songs well, yeah because i had found out about about maybe three to four hours before it was happening so it was uh you know um it was a little nerve-wracking but you know i that's one band that i pretty much know their whole catalog like you know um especially what they do live you know i know a lot of their stuff so um it wasn't a full set, so it was uh, it was uh, pretty pretty easy and standard for me because I knew the tune, so it, it wasn't hard. So it wasn't like reading off a lyric sheet or any sort of a thing. It was kind of like when you know I walked up on stage and through the sound check and Phil handed me the set list. He was like, you know, you know, what do you what do you know? And I looked at him and like, what do you know? You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know. Uh, I mean, I've been a, I've been a big fan for a long time, and to the point where, you know, I love Phil. He's always gracious and he's a great guy, and I'm totally just busting his balls. But, but you know, he's still the new guy to me. Yeah. <laughs> he's, you know, he's, he's the new guy, you know. But uh, um, I'm totally kidding. But he, he uh, I just kind of felt when I looked at the set list, I was like, yeah. I mean, you, how deep do you want to go? You know, but basically saying with what I said to him was, was that, you know. So. Um, yeah, so it, it was a little nerve-wracking, you know, especially if Joe was, you know, on the side. Usually when I do this, there's nobody, you know, the guy's not there. Yeah, like right. This, Joe, Joe was standing at the monitor board with his arms folded, you know what I mean? And he introduced us, you know what I mean? So it was it was very strange. That part was strange. But I just went out, did what I did, and uh, did the best I could. And and, uh, and everybody, you know, we, we, <laughs> we uh, 
we saved uh, us all from being uh, from being a mutiny, you know. Yeah, <laughs> over right. there, you know? So. No, that's a, that's a solid play right there, and I saw a video yeah. from it, and and you nailed it. Went up there with confidence, so it was very cool. Uh, let's Thank circle you, back into this last in line. You know, something uh, that. Um, that uh, Vinny Abbasi said back in uh, 2016, uh, he he was asked if uh, you know what Wendy Dio's reaction has been to Last in Line, and you know so some years have passed since he was asked that question. If I count right, it sounds about seven or so. H- have you heard any feedback, or has the band heard any feedback from you guys going out? You know whether it's early on or throughout your career of of doing the band that uh, she's either you know stamped it approved or said ah, well, oh it's rip- definitely not no okay definitely definitely not approved definitely not approved and i and i will i'm going to hesitate from uh elaborating because i've i've been i've lost a little uh, i've lost some work because of this band so uh, uh, because of that whole feud that because of their feud i i've lost work so gotcha well let's yeah. Let's let's go on to the release uh, coming up uh, March thirty first uh, on Ear Music uh, Jericho the third album uh, with Andrew Freeman my guest right here on this that and the other radio show Dirty Radio FM Channel Two Dirty Radio Classics Phil Susan and uh, original deal members uh, Vivian Campbell uh, also of Def Leppard and Vinnie Appice Black Sabbath and my guest here is Andrew Freeman uh, anything else that we <laughs> any other bridges we should burn before we let you go <laughs> did i burn, did I burn bridges today? no oh, hell okay. no dude you, uh, you, mend, okay. no, you don't burn bridges you mend fences so we're good bro <laughs> yeah, whatever it is what it is I, you know like you know as long as i get something i can work two days a month i'll be okay but uh it is what it is anything uh, else let me see uh is that what you asked me anything else yeah any, anything uh, i missed uh, that we should cover uh, outside of the fact that uh, on the 31st of this month will be jericho the third album and then on the first here in vegas you can go to uh, the hard rock cafe at the hard rock live inside the hard rock cafe on the strip hosted by uh eddie trunk from sirius xm faction talk 103 yeah i think you covered it i think eddie trunk's gonna be there it's gonna be a it's gonna be a party we're gonna have a great time and and uh yeah, they got a great room in there. It'll be a, a bit of production, which will be, which is not the usual last in line fair. We're usually just four guys in black t-shirts playing rock and roll, um, live rock and roll. Um, so I, I, I think you covered it. I'd love to see everybody there, and uh, hopefully it's it's gonna uh, you're gonna dig the new material and the new record on the thirty first. Uh, if not. I'm sorry. <laughs> are you guys are you guys doing a full set there? Or are you just doing the album, or what? 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 Uh, what's the performance going to be? Because it's in conjunction with the release of the album the day before. What are you guys going to be? What do we expect when we go there? We're going to do a full set. It's going to be a mix of everything. Right on, right on. And yeah. uh, I, I am going to be there. I look forward to being there. Eddie Trunk owes oh, me, cool, man. but awesome. Eddie Trunk owes me twenty bucks, so I hope he has it. If uh, for some reason <laughs> I don't see him, if you can collect it on my behalf, I'd appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, sure will. Sure will. I'll go to his house right now if you want. I know where he lives. So. <laughs> there you go, Andrew Freeman, uh, AndrewFreemanMusic.com, and of course for tickets and all information of the upcoming and all the previous releases of Last in Line, you can go to LastInLineOfficial.com. Andrew, thanks for coming on my little radio show and uh, having a good time. And, and speaking in, uh, about how it is, because I got to tell you, uh, a lot of people candy coat, and uh, you know, it, it's it's listen, it's real business, it's real life, and uh, yeah. you know, nobody's out to hurt anybody's feelings. But I appreciate you answering the questions, whether you, you really wanted to or not. So thanks. Yeah, dude, I got to tell you, I just don't care anymore. Like I don't, I don't <laughs> care. It's not that I don't care about doing the right thing. I, I mean, I, I don't care if these guys like me or if they don't like me anymore. If they don't like me. 
that's fine. I, I don't care. <laughs> Straight up, you know. So, but thank you for uh, for giving me a platform to uh, to uh, speak my mind. Abs- absolutely, and that I think that's going to be the headline. If they don't like me anymore, I don't, I don't care. There, there's yeah. there's your headline, folks. Andrew, thanks, man, <laughs> and uh, and I'll, t- I'll talk to you real soon. I'll see you in a couple weeks, and congratulations on the band and what you guys have achieved since uh, you know throwing this little project some what ten years ago, and now it's a full fledged original band. And I dig what you guys thank are doing. Thank you, bro. All right, man. Have Thank a good you, one. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Cheers. There Bye. he goes. Andrew Bye. Freeman. Uh, this, that, and the other radio show. Yeah, I, I think this one's going to get some traction, folks, here at Dirty Radio.fm, Channel 2, Dirty Radio Classics. Hey, it's Troy Patrick Farrell from This, That, and the Other Radio Show. Tune in to This, That, and the Other every Wednesday live from 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time here only at Dirty Radio Classics. Playing the biggest rock bands of all time. This is the best part of- 